Good evening and welcome to The Long Drive in the Dark. I am your host, Patrick Mason, uh, and this is a show about uh, answering questions about Christianity and Catholicism from my perspective. I will say right out the gate, I am not uh, Vatican approved or even local bishop approved, not even my parish priest, uh, and that is in large part, I'm not going to seek that approval necessarily, um, in large part because I'm talking while driving. Uh, therefore, I don't have access, direct access to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, or the Bible, or uh, other documents. So everything, I'm, I'm going off the top of my head, I'm shooting from my hip, uh, and so I may not be right on anything, or on many things. Uh, or on some things. I'll be right on a lot of stuff, but I won't be right on some stuff. So if you find something wrong or that's not in accordance with the Catholic Church, please let me know. Uh, I do set my beliefs by the Catholic Church. I am non-cafeteria style, so if it turns out I'm wrong about something, please let me know so I can adjust. All right, so um, tonight what we want to talk about is God. Uh, I had a friend of mine posed the question, why do you believe in God? Uh, my answer is not simple. I do not believe in God because I was taught to believe in God. I don't believe in God because, uh, simply because I had some kind of mystical experience. I don't believe in God because I've seen him work in the world, although I have. Um, I believe in God because fundamentally it is the most rational explanation for the universe I find myself in, um, and this is both God in the generic sense of God and God in the um, specific Christian God sense. So, um, this is going to be probably several episodes because um, my proofs are not simple. They've been developed over a very long time of study and thought. Um, I would call them uh, partly philosophical, partly scientific, uh, partly practical. Um, kind of got a three-wedge pie there. Um, I don't particularly stand by the purely philosophical or the purely uh, practical uh, or even the purely scientifical proofs of God uh, simply because I think uh, we as people are not uh, simple in nature, we're complex. And so my uh, belief in God stems from a complex explanation. So, um, however, that being said, there are definitely philosophical elements, uh, scientific elements, and, um, oh, what do you call them? Uh, practical elements that go into my belief in God. So you may or may not come upon uh, several of the building blocks in my uh, belief from other authors and uh, other people, which is how you would expect. My belief in God is not simply my own. Um, lots of other people share either an equivalent or the exact same same thing, and that's because we, we all work from the same building box as everybody else, given the world around us. So, um, I would suggest... Uh, as two sort quick sources for um, sets of belief. If you want a really ultra-modern one, Dinesh D'Souza in 
uh, What's So Great About Christianity goes over some, although his uh, explanations are really short and they're not intellectually satisfying. Um, that's okay. He's not a philosopher. He's uh, an evangelist. Um, at least from what I can tell from his writing. The next source, uh, C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity in the in the uh, part one, which is, you know, is there a God, um, presents a fairly decent um, explanation for belief in God. Possibly two. I think they're really raveled together enough to be one. And then, uh, of course, uh, the great master, um, Thomas Aquinas. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas presents five uh, general proofs for the existence of God, although he goes through God, um, you know, like, first of all, can you even, could you prove the existence of God with science? And you have to understand that at his time, science was not so um, narrowly and stupidly defined as we define science today. Um, Science included everything that could be studied, so uh, philosophy, um, and pretty much anything you'd go to university for was considered science, uh, literature, uh, history. Um, so could, you know, uh, he starts there and then the next question is, well, is there a God? And then from there, what are God's qualities? And, uh, and so if you really want a real in-depth, uh, purely philosophical, um, look into it, Aquinas is probably the best one, although you need to get your terminology down pat before you do that. Uh, so I would highly suggest reading uh, Aristotle, um, and you can go through his proof as well um, from natural reason. Um, but if you're going to get that far back, you need to get your terminology down because what they use terms for very have very specific philosophical meanings, and what uh, are the modern day terms like science for instance the modern day terms do not are not equivocable um they are univocable no they're not univocable anyways that's one of the words you you need to look it up and make sure you understand what it is so um those are some sources to draw from those are not necessarily the sources i I used although a couple of them uh sort of are so um i used them more or less to fill gaps (laughs) so we'll get to my proof. So my my um, why I believe in God comes from the the starting point is the Descartes starting point. I think, therefore, I am. So uh, I'm asking you the question because my proof, my my belief in God comes from an answer to the question: uh, Is there uh, is there a God? Um, but but that's a little too far. We have to start with: uh, Do I exist? So, do I exist? The answer to that is yes. I think, therefore, I am. Um, I have what is commonly described as a mind. That is, I have an experience of what appears to be an external reality uh, filtered in my mind and interacted with um, both through uh, straight-up perception and uh, imagination and then enacted upon by my will. Um, and all of this is wrapped up in just my experience. So my experience is that, guess I exist. So, all right, good. We got step one. I exist. <laughs> the next step. Um, I have 
so let's talk about the qualities of that existence. The first quality is that I don't exist by myself, which is to say my mind does not exist in just a, a vacuum. Um, there is another, there is a world inhabited um, by my mind that is not me. Right, so the, the proofs of this are basically, the, the big proof to me is that you can be surprised. Um, or that I can be surprised. If everything in uh, the universe I inhabit, and we're just going to, that's what we'll define the, the universe as, the, as the everything that can be um, experienced. So the universe I inhabit, if I um, encompassed all of that, then I could never be surprised in my mind because I would know about everything. Um, but I am surprised. Um, and so therefore, the universe I find myself in is not made by me. Um, and is also not me. Um, and that's one, that's kind of the simple, but it's also the easiest from my perspective. Um, there's a whole slew of other ones that come from the fact that we have pain. Um, and that the experiences of the universe are not equivalent by everybody. Um, and that we can be wrong. On top of being surprised, it can also be wrong. So, um, to get to wrong, though, we have to go to the next step. So, um, the next step is the way in which I experience uh, this universe is through five uh, senses. Uh, sight, uh, touch, taste. Um, sight, touch, taste hearing and smell uh, and the reason so the the reason or the proof on that one is because that is how uh, I experience the world around me in my mind I can describe everything in the world uh, that I experience in my mind uh, through these five uh, sensical notions and uh, descriptions around those so you know, when I talk about sight, I talk about near and far, uh, color, um, you know, red, blue, green, yellow, oh, shape. When you talk about touch, it's like rough or hard or soft or smooth. When I talk about taste, it's salty or sweet or savory or starchy. Um, all the wonderful S's. Uh, I talk about hearing, it's loud or soft or tinny or... Uh, well, I guess sound is, there's a lot of, probably there's a lot of descriptive, but I, I'm not uh, classically trained in an instrument, so I don't know many of them. Um, and then uh, smell, which are, are very related to, um, to uh, what do you call it, the object. Uh, so when we say something smells like, we say it smells like this, smells like that, smells like starch, it smells like... Um, bleach, it smells like, um, you know, neutral smell is like water, you know, so, um, but either way, I have five senses that I interact with the world around me, um, so those, those are all sort of baseline, I exist, uh, there is a universe that is external to me, uh, and the way in which I interact with that universe external to me is through my five senses, uh, and then attached to that five sense notion 
is that I have a body. Um, and so that is the way the uh, sensical data gets from my body into my mind. Uh, or that's the way the sensible data gets into my mind is from my body. Um, so the proof on that is just experiential, right? If I close my eyes, I stop seeing. If I, if, you know, if I close the lids over these organs, which we refer to as eyes, so if I put something in front of it, I stop seeing, or I only see the thing in front of it. Uh, the same way with touch. If the skin of my body is in contact with another object in the universe, then I have a sensation on the skin, which gets translated to my brain as uh, touch. Um, you do this with all the five senses. So that's the, the proof, basically, that I have. Beyond my mind, I have some an external... Uh, being that I refer to as my body, um, from which my mind receives the sensible data about the universe it inhabits. Um, so the next addendum to that, and so the, so these are not <clears throat> the the pieces hang on each other, like you you get to one from the other, but they don't need proofs in, in necessarily of themselves because they hang one from another like that. So the next um, the next piece is, so I have a body, or at least I have these sensory organs that translate the sense data from this world around me into my brain, uh, or, well, okay, I went too far in that one, into my mind. Somehow, my body translate the world around me into my mind, so my mind can process it and experience it. So there... And through my experience, the sense organs are attached uh, to a body that that is um, that I can control with my mind. So it's a two-way street, right? Um, so the first way is the sense data comes in from my body into my mind, and the other way is my mind issues commands to my body. Um, <laughs> Again, this is experientially uh, derived. I, you know, what to move my arm, I move my arm. I want to breathe, I breathe. Um, my body takes care of a lot of other stuff on its own without my will being engaged, um, which is neat. Actually, really neat when you really start to think about it. Um, but my body um, is does act at you know, in gross terms at the uh, uh, mercy of my will. So my body is a part of me. So my mind my mind is the original piece, the fact that I have an experience of anything um, and via that experience it can be derived that I have also this body which is working with my mind. Um, although not always and um Definitely, in a lot of ways, not really requiring my mind to be involved. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens, you know, in the brain and in the body that I don't need my will to be engaged to make happen. So, um, so that's the the foundation of basically existence. So that's kind of the proof, uh, or the the personal proof, if you want to call it, of existence. Um, is that uh, 
number one. And so existence, not only as myself, but also that there is something else. So I not only have an experience of being self, but also of not just being, of the experiences that I am part of a universe which is not just self. Um, you know, surprise, being wrong, and now that the body's ended the picture, we have pain. Uh, and pain is an indication that something is not you, um, right? So you put your hand somewhere where it shouldn't be, and some other physical object tries to take that space. The result is pain. Um, and that's the, the basics of how pain works. And pain is um, an amazing thing because it, it keeps you from uh, losing your body. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's sort of, yeah. So w- once you bring the body into the picture, then you can bring pain into the the basic proof that there is an act. Uh, so it, oh, there's a word for that. It coincides, not coincides. It corroborates our, um, assertion that there exists something outside of ourselves. The fact that we also have pain, um, and pain is not a quality anybody wants, just like, uh, surprise is not necessarily a quality you, you want, but it's, it's quality you can't have if you know everything. Um, and being wrong is a quality you also can't have if, uh, also if you know everything. Um, so that's sort of the, the, the base point where we're coming from. So I exist, um, I interact with the universe around me in a certain way through my body, um, both, uh, receiving sensory data from the universe as well as putting forth my will on my body to act um, in the universe and then uh, from from there and from the universe our experience of the universe that there is the universe is not just made up of me it is made up of um, things that are not me so the next step so that's like piece that's like block one like that's kind of one of the cornerstones i guess whatever you want to call it so existence is real um there there i exist and something outside me exists and the the method the method of interacting with that um is via my body so (laughs) the next question uh becomes uh what's the nature of that other And so, um, the first, so there's, yeah, the first observation is that other beings like myself exist. Um, and this would, this again, the proof point of this one is experiential. I know I exist and I look, um, or, you know, see myself in a mirror or a piece of glass or water or whatever. And I know what I look like or what my body looks like. And I see other bodies. Um, and I can communicate with those other bodies via speech or um, motion, uh, body language, or, you know, even sign language. <laughs> but um, via communication... 
we know that there are other uh, bodies and as far as I can tell other minds and the proof of that is not obviously not experiential I can't experience anybody else's mind but I can pose uh, questions to the other bodies that I can interact with and from the answers to those questions I can gain um, assurance that those other bodies uh, possess minds um, and this uh, is also how we find kind of the other the other prong coming out of this one which is that the universe we inhabit is objective in nature so uh, if I uh, communicate with another body about uh, a tree about uh, what the sense of touch tells me about the tree of what the sense of sight tells me about the tree what the sense of uh, hearing tells me about the tree smell um, so we can go as far as taste if we really want to and I uh, communicate with the other body and they describe to me that uh, roughly the same things about it that it looks the same to them at least as far as I'm describing it <sighs> so that's the, the two prongs, reality, uh, the nature of reality is that it is objective, and that there are other beings who experience that reality in equivalent, a roughly equivalent way as I do, Okay, there are other uh, beings who inhabit the world and have minds, so what does all that, uh, how does that, how, how do you come to that conclusion, so like I was saying that, uh, talking about the tree, so if the other being that I am communicating with talks about the tree in the same way I talk about the tree, then I know um, that it that other being can formulate thoughts about the tree simply because it can communicate to me about the tree. Um, the other piece of that is that if as long as they're those thoughts are roughly the same, describing the uh, physical aspects of the tree. And I know that objectively the tree is there, uh, because it's not just me interacting with the tree. There is now another creature involved that has a mind, like mine, that interacts with the world, um, or with the universe, through a body, like me, uh, who sees and interacts with the same things in the universe. So. Um, so what we find is the universe is objective. Now, what we also find, um, which is not really a, a prong, it kind of hangs on the universe being the objective thing, is that inside the mind, we can find uh, subjective um, uh, subjectivity. So, you know, we could we talk about the tree. The tree is, you know, tall. Or it, you know, its bark is brown, uh, its leaves are green, um, it smells like a tree. Um, and I say, I like that. And the other person says they don't. Well, that's not objective, right? Because if it was objective, it would be true for both of us, but it's not. So the objectiveness is that it smells like a tree, but the subjective part that 
I like that smell or I don't like that smell exists only in the mind of the person. Um, it's not that the tree itself is, uh, it's the smell it gives off is different for me than it is for them. The smell is the same. The difference is within the beings themselves. Um, and we find that more true the more beings you get involved because uh, while everybody can typically agree on the objective nature of objects uh, found within the uh, universe, they often don't or can't agree <laughs> on the subjective qualities, um, which really come down to whether or not they like it. Um, <coughs> so, um, but the important part is other beings exist. And similar to myself, I have a mind, and um, that the reality we uh, co-inhabit, the universe we co-inhabit is objective in nature. Um, a side note also that hangs on the other beings is that there are also other beings that uh, exhibit or that, that exhibit the quality I would call life. Um, which is they, they seem to have their own determinate will about their actions, but um, they don't appear to have a mind um, in the same way that some beings do. For instance, for our universe so far, uh, humans seem to act in, in a certain way, whereas uh, plants and animals and other life acts along, act along different lines, and that's because <coughs> of the mind. So. Uh, but that's not really something necessary for this. We can delve into that as a different thing, although it's more of a philosophical conversation. So, um, so what have we gone over so far? If I exist, I have a body, interact with the universe, the universe exists, it is objective, there are other creatures like myself who exist in the universe. So, you have those building blocks. Oh, so the next um, piece of it that is the long drive home. I hope you had a good drive home. Or have are having a good day or whatever however you're listening to this that you're doing well and we will end with a prayer father son holy spirit amen Dear god the father of heaven and earth we thank you today for the graces of our day thank you for giving me a safe drive and give all the listeners uh, your grace and your uh mental acuity so that they may sift through the spaghetti of uh, random concepts that I presented to them so that it is intelligible. Uh, dear Lord, in your name we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. May your will be done. Your Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day.